Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all continuing to stay safe and healthy, and that means mentally too. Um, It's tough right now, and I'm trying to make sure I balance being informed with also experiencing information overload. The internet is a lot right now, and uh, I hope you keep listening to those who need a platform and give it to them with something as simple as a retweet. And if you don't know about what's happening, well, that's what this good news bulletin is for. <laughs> P.S. We definitely need a name for this little segment, so anyone with any ideas, please send them my way. I love getting y'all's input, and uh, some good news is obviously taken by John Krasinski, so we need something along those lines, but <laughs> something cool to be able to boost and call this little segment. Um, onto it anyway. Uh, so first up, Pod alum Salt Lake has released a new single, Sad Song, that I got the notification for right before I was ready to launch this week's pod episode. So I'm glad I waited to add this. Wow, the song is loaded with such creative beats and it feels as thought-provoking as it is sonically soothing as far as I'm concerned. Brianna has a passion for electronic music and it's on full display here with Sad Song. It's a heavy track, but definitely worth a multitude of listens, so be sure to check it out. Um, also, giving you time to clear your calendar for August 8th, because To The Front is launching a really cool weekly gathering of artists. The concept is that um, this group To The Front helps celebrate non-men artists and photographers and creatives in the independent music community by doing these really awesome showcases typically and um anyhow uh they're amazing what they're going to be doing is a virtual gathering each week for about five artists um with the idea of them being artist conversations the first one is on august 8th at 1 p.m pacific standard time on twitch Erica and Courtney are both alums for the pod and are incredible voices for creatives and independent music, and you won't want to miss this gathering of like-minded and gifted artists just talking. So that's it for this week's bulletin, so on to this week's guests. Um, I'm joined by the gifted and incredible act known as The Big Easy, um, Stefan. And Stefan is a powerful and personal voice in music, and I've deeply enjoyed getting to know him and his project. So a little on the Big Easy, uh, Stefan started this project solo and has really evolved as a songwriter who draws from so many different sounds and influences. His EP, First Friday, was a release experiment where he took songs he had written before and produced kind of like lo-fi styled music, and he really pushed himself to do something different here. His approaches to songwriting are really just pure art, and he typically writes for a full band. But this week, he joined to share the message behind his single for First Day of Your Life, uh, conveying emotions in music, his upcoming debut album with the full band, forming his sound, and evolving sound, his desire to just constantly change and grow his music, and so much more. So with that, let's hear some more of The Big Easy, and then we'll hear from Stefan in the interview. Thank you. 
right. Welcome, Stefan, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, I was so thrilled to have your music kind of come through my feed a couple weeks ago um, on Twitter, and I've been obsessed ever since that first link dropped. It's incredible what you're doing with your music. That's awesome. <laughs> it's literally all you can, all I can really ask for, you know, just to, like, people listen to it and to like it. <laughs> yes. That, that's awesome. I love to hear that. <laughs> Big time. Um, you know, let's just, let's just get into it. Tell me about kind of when you first began to, like, play music and when, when did that begin for you? Oh, um, I mean, yeah, damn, wow, it's been a long, like, now that you bring it up, it's been a while, I guess, <laughs> I guess, like, I started really, like, I started playing an instrument kind of, like, in a fake way, mm. um, like, right as I was getting into high school, mm -hmm. um, but then, like, I think it wasn't until, like, junior year, or maybe even, like, sophomore year, one of those years, um, and it was when I joined the band, so I guess it was probably, like, 16, 17, Mm -hmm. is when I really started, like, playing music and playing shows. To be honest, I was actually playing shows before I even seen my first concert. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, funny enough, but, like, yeah, I was playing shows before I even seen a show before. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I guess it started back then. I started as a bassist in, like, a band mm -hmm. in high school. We were, like, a noise pop, like, very, like, heavily influenced by, like, uh, like Pixies and Pavement and stuff like that. And from there, like, it's, I've just been in a number of bands since then, but I think it really started when I was in my teenage years, yeah. That's amazing. Who did you kind of, like, grow up on and, like, who kind of inspired you to kind of keep practicing and keep going? Uh, I mean, like, it's weird, because the first record I ever bought was Illmatic by Nas. Okay. So I really started, like, listening to, like, hip-hop at first, like, mm -hmm. 90s, like, you know, and then... My buddy who like I ended up joining the band with introduced me I think like we were in class and I forgot my CD case mm -hmm. so he let me use one of his and I just picked out uh, London Calling by The Clash and I was like wow this is sick so, <laughs> so then like um, from there like I, I, I almost picked up an instrument and we just went from there but I guess the only thing that it's hard to say what kind of kept me going because like even that early like I started playing and then I stopped for like a year or two. Mm. And then it wasn't until like I saw my friends play live music and I was like, wow, that looks like so much fun. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of sort of play bass. So screw it. Like I'm going to join a band and do this. And I think once we started playing shows, like I think that's kind of like what did it for me. Like once we actually started playing to people and like, even if it was to like, you know, 10 kids or not, like once we start doing that is when I was like, yeah, like, this is fucking awesome. I don't need to stop doing this ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that though. That's so awesome that like, you know, it was more so it's like playing was it really kept you going. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously like, you know, the more I, you know, got into it, the more bands I listened to, the more mm -hmm. like, the more I got, you know, ingrained into it. Like there's so many bands that like I love and want to be like and things like that. But um, I think it really started with just playing. Mm -hmm. And then like, I started listening to like, you know, a bunch of other bands and damn, I want to sound like that. Or like, you know, these watching live shows from like, you know, other shows or other bands. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I want to do that. Like this show looks sick. And so that, that's all that also helped me keep going. But 
yeah, I really think it just started with just like uh, just playing music. I love that. Uh, I'm kind of curious since you kind of started playing shows before you went to like your first like concert or show, which besides ones you were playing, what was like your first show you went to intentionally as a show goer? <laughs> the first show I went to was Arctic Monkeys. Whoa, was, really? That's a good for you. I love yeah. that. I still haven't yeah. seen them. I used to be such a huge fan when I was in high school. Oh, I saw them way back in the day. It was like, it was 06 at mm-hmm. Roseland Ballroom. Wow. We are scientists were opening up. Uh-huh. Um, and it was my first concert. Like I crowd surfed the first time. Nice. <laughs> and it was like back when Arctic Monkeys didn't even have their second album yet. And they had, and so like, they were pretty much just like, I guess they had to be like 19 or 20 years old mm-hmm. at the time too. So like, I was probably like 16. I was like 16. I think it was around this time in 06 too. Mm-hmm. Like around, it was like around like, this is like the first show. So I never really forgot the date. I think it was like June 14th or something like that. That's wild. <laughs> I love that though. What a great, and, um, that's an unforgettable show, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, the show is awesome. And to be honest, like, you know, Arctic Monkeys is, in my opinion, the better band than We Are Scientists. Mm-hmm. We Are Scientists put on a fucking killer show. They put on a better show than uh, Arctic Monkeys, in my opinion. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that was my first concert ever. And it's just weird because I was, you know, playing shows before that. But like mm-hmm. that, that was it. Yeah. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. What a great, like, first show to go to and stuff. And yeah. Then- I mean, it's weird. What's even funny enough is that, like, you know, as like, only about maybe like two years ago or so, like, I went to go see another band of a friend and like he kind of knew the band or knew someone that was like opening. So like we're all hanging out backstage. Uh-huh. You know that band Teenage Fan Club? I think I've heard they're of like, them. They're like an older band, right? They got like, yeah. a, like an older power pop band. And we saw them and we're and, like, I'm backstage with them. And like, they're like almost kind of like legends and stuff. But I don't, I don't really know them that well, but they also yeah. know a bunch of other legends and stuff. So I'm like backstage hanging out and I'm talking, they're super nice. And then, like, I think, like, some of the dudes from Yola Tango were in there. Like, this is getting crazy. And then, like, we all went to a bar in Williamsburg, and the, and the bar was empty. So it was just us and, like, other people in bands, like, bigger bands. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And then I see the dude from We Are Scientists is hanging out, too. And I'm like, yo, dude, this is crazy. You probably geeked out big time. I yeah. would be. I was just like kind of I didn't talk to anyone I didn't like try to know like oh like I love your stuff I was kind of just like I'm just gonna hang out like, with cool. and just enjoy like the fact that I'm around like oh that's the owner of this record label oh like that guy's in this band and this guy's in this band I'm like I'm just gonna just enjoy the moment and just chill that's so incredible but yeah, I yeah, yeah, I came know what to do with myself well, I really wish I went up to him and was like yo dude you're like my first concert but I didn't <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that though. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you played music obviously throughout high school and stuff. Tell me about whenever the big easy kind of began. How did that project kind of kick off? Uh, well, it kicked off, I guess, like a few years ago now, but it really started when like I was in a number of bands and like our bands would keep breaking up because you know, one member would leave the band and we'd have to start over, or like, you know, someone would go to college or whatnot. And like, got to a point where I was like, well, shit, like, 
like I don't want to have to keep starting over, mm-hmm. you know, every time like someone leaves the band or whatnot. Like, so my idea with the Big Easy was like, look, like I'm just gonna start like making music myself, mm-hmm. and you know, so if so be it if I have a rotating cast around me because as long as I'm making the music, the Big Easy can keep on going. Yeah. Um, so that was my like standpoint behind it then it was almost kind of like you know one guy doing his thing now these days you know i have a band with me and like i i would say we're more of a full band you know now more than ever like our lineup is pretty you know steady and um so i think that now we're kind of like a full band but at the time it started out it's just like a solo thing that like i was kind of like getting random people not random people just like friends of mine that were mm-hmm. like you know play for a little while and then like they will leave and I would like replace and whatnot um but it really started like as a solo solo kind of kind of thing and I think it sometimes in some songs or in regard you can kind of hear that in a way you know definitely I love it because I like how your voice is just always shining through everything and I can tell like what what aspects are definitely your style you know right yeah yeah I always try to make it a well, it's very particular on what those vocals sound like. <laughs> They're so good. I love it. <laughs> that's actually like the the nicest thing I've ever heard because I feel like that's like a big critique on the Big Easy. Really? Like I'm calling bullshit on it because that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because like I think the general listener like needs to hear like lyrics before anything else. Mm. Yeah, and, I mean, I kind of like the fuzzy element to it. Right, yeah. I, I got, I'm always big in a lo-fi music and shit like that. So, like, vocals are not necessarily what I'm trying to, like, put on the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's, like, a lot of, like, if someone had to take issue with it, like, when they do, it's usually that. Mm. Um, so, that's awesome to hear that you like it. Because- yeah, no. <laughs> I do. I like sometimes more of like the lo-fi style and stuff and like kind of like that at times, like almost like fuzz, a little bit of like fuzz grunge vibe to it and stuff. It just, to me is just, it gives you something different. I don't, I don't always need to hear like the super sharp vocals, you know? Right, 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 right. And uh, I think that, I mean, I think it's important because I like to treat the vocals as if like they're their own instrument in a way. Yes. So like, that's why I like, you know, uh, like we don't kind of shy away from getting f- real freaky with those vocals. Like there are times we've taken the vocals and put them through guitar amps mm-hmm. and like like done like super weird shit like that before. Um, that being said, I do know it's important to kind of like get those words out there. So I try to like, you know, find a balance between the two and make sure like, like you know, lyrics are there and you can hear them. And if you can't hear them, I will make sure that the lyrics are there for you to read or whatnot. But um, I always kind of like for me personally, I always treat vocals as if like they're like another instrument, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I like to have fun with it. It's just like, we, we take these sounds and we do so much shit with everything else. It's like, let's do it with the vocals too. Like we can like, we can have fun with it too. We can like, you know, blow it up with this part of the song or like, you know, yeah. put reverb on this part or like put tremolo on this part and kind of like treat it, treat it like, you know, it, it's its own instrument. That's yeah. the way I view it. I love that. I love that. That's definitely something I feel like that helps make your sound so unique because you, you really just get really creative with it. That's for sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, how'd you kind of land on the name, The Big Easy, for, for this? 
Oh my god, yeah, I get this one a lot. Yeah? <laughs> well, yeah, because like, all right, so I named the band The Big Easy because there's this band called Cursive. You know Cursive? Yeah, yeah. That band's awesome. All right. Yes. <laughs> so I remember they had this line in this song where I, I got it from a Cursive song, really. Like, he's like, I think like the lead singer is going off and going like, you know, um, Something about like once, like having pride and having guts, but like giving all that shit up for the Big Easy. Mm. I was like, oh, that's sick. like, I don't know what the Big Easy is, but that's like, a, that's awesome. That's a yeah. great three words to put together. So I named the band that. Then like after I started telling people my band name, people keep on asking me like, are you from New Orleans? <laughs> like, are, like, are you guys got like a New Orleans vibe? I'm like, why the fuck do people keep asking me that? Then I find out it's the nickname for New Orleans. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so, like, I like the name, but, like, it's become pretty problematic because <laughs> it's a nickname of a goddamn city. And I did not know that when mm. I was naming the band that. It'd be like naming the band the Big Apple. Like, <laughs> it's lame as hell. <laughs> But I actually got the name from a cursive lyric. I um, like I like that though, honestly. And like I like that you actually explained that it has to do with like cursive and that specific lyric. Cause to me, with you thinking about that particular phrase and stuff, now you get to kind of define what you think the big easy is with like your music, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I mean I, I thought that was the case. I didn't know that anyone would just go ahead and write their own uh narrative on what the name came from. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you I was curious I'm like I have a feeling it's not what what you would first think and I like sometimes whenever artists make me kind of go back and think a little bit more on their name you know because like um I had a similar thing I interviewed this band not too long ago called Alien Book Club and their name was literally just like they just came up with it and that's what stuck and like they ironically have a very to me otherworldly sound that kind of they've right. they've found in their name and stuff but they're like yeah we weren't really thinking of like aliens and books and science fiction or anything it was just you know like this is just the name and we're gonna go for it and see what happens and then nice. i'm just like all your your music sounds like it could be from outer space and that's legit <laughs> right well i hope we don't tell like we're from new orleans no no hate, I don't. On, no hate on them but i definitely don't think we sound like a new orleans band Maybe if there's like a lo-fi indie band in New Orleans. I mean, Community Records is down there, so it's entirely possible, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's bands that sound like us down there, but like when you think of New Orleans vibe, you think of like Mardi Gras, kind of yeah. like horns and mm. all that stuff is cool, but like Bourbon Street vibes, which is not really uh, <laughs> That's not y'all. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no. Yeah, we'll clear this up for the listeners right away. We are. This is not a Nolan's band. <laughs> no, you you would really be surprised how many times I got to clear that up for people who are really who don't like listen like when they're just finding out the band like oh so it's like a New Orleans sounding band. I'm like no, no we're not. <laughs> we get a T-shirt printed that just says we're not from New Orleans. You know what? That's actually a really good idea. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> I would buy it. Let me go ahead and put that out there. I think we're going to go ahead and do that. <laughs> I love People, it. Need to know. People need to know. 
<laughs> go ahead and get the message out there ahead, you know? <laughs> About damn time. Oh, obviously, you do not sound like New Orleans. But I'm kind of curious, like, how do you describe the Big Easy sound? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think this is always kind of like, I, I always feel like I have my idea of what we sound like. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone kind of has their own, like, idea of what the Big Easy sound like. But I guess that's it for me. Like, I would say we're just like a, an indie rock kind of lo-fi um lo-fi punk kind of band mm-hmm. uh, um you know we got some emo in there too a lot of people like to throw that in there as well but to me if i'm gonna keep it just like generally speaking i would say we're like an indie lo-fi punk with mm-hmm. like some with like a tinge of emo in there kind of band uh, that's how i would describe it but that's about um, what i pick up on it too honestly but i always like to let artists kind of like if anything, to find themselves rather than me kind of throw you in a box, you know? Right, right. Because whenever someone asks me that, I'm always like one to be like, well, why don't you tell me what you think we sound like? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. You probably know better than I do in some way. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to sound like this, but like what really matters is kind of like what the listener thinks it would sound like in, in some regard. And yeah. So like that's why I'm always like, yeah, I always kind of push that question back. I'm like, well, like mm-hmm. help me understand what you think we sound like because like, I want to know what you think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, definitely that like fuzzy, lo-fi, emo twinge kind of vibe was totally what I got. So it's it's it. it's so uh, cool. Yeah. And it gets I mean, me excited. I mean, nice. Love that. <laughs> Those <laughs> are my favorite nice. sounds. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs> I'm not sure if we will sound like that, you know, forever. Yeah. But like for now, like I can I can compensate that's probably like what 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 genre we fall into yeah in this moment for sure i know that um my favorite artists are always like bouncing off new sounds and to the point where i'm like i don't know i don't know what the fuck box you belong in and i'm not gonna put you there because and that that's my favorite because i can hear something here and i can hear something there and like it's yeah that's my favorite because when it's just so dynamic and there's so many different influences and i'm like i i don't know <laughs> and i love it i just want to sit there and live in it that's kind of the best stuff though Absolutely. Um, I know you mentioned, of course, cursive kind of being a little bit of the inspiration there behind the name, but um, were there any artists that you feel like kind of influenced where you're at with your sound right now? Um, yeah, I mean, well, like there are artists that I love that like are currently making music. That I think that always oh, kind of have like an influence on my sound in one way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, I always feel like it's kind of like it always changes because like, you know, I'll hear one band and be like, oh, my God, this band's so sick. Like, you know, I want to try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And then like I'll end up like kind of writing a song like in that vein. And like I'll hear another another band that's got their own thing. I'm like, oh, my God, this band sounds so freaking cool. Let me try to write something like that. Mm-hmm. And so but there are always like a couple of like bands that I think I always kind of like, you know, are there um, like for me, like. <clears throat> personally like my favorite band making music today is spoon so like i'm I, I feel like they're the type of band that like is always kind of like changing their sound of every given record but it somehow always still sounds like spoon yeah and that's something that like i like that to me is like that's awesome like that's a band that like kind of like is okay with kind of like shaking things up a bit but also, yeah. like, you always still know what, what they are or, like, who they are. They're a type of band that, like, is always able to kind of, like, you know, 
mm-hmm. change your sound, but also still maintain that like you always knew what band you're listening to, mm-hmm. depending on what rather like any record you listen to, and like. I mean that's important, like, but like as far as like like other bands that like are always kind of like you know shorts of influence, like it's weird because like I'm influenced very heavily by like you know uh, my friends as well. Like mm-hmm. I know a lot of bands making music, and like I think they kind of like influence like what I'm doing as well. Um, you know, like the bands I love like making music today, like love Joyce Manor. They're yeah. amazing, fantastic um, band. Yeah, that band is so good. <laughs> they just, they're um, one of those bands that just keeps doing it. <laughs> I don't know, like, I just feel like Never Hung Over Again, like, it's just, there's, like, after that record came out, it's like, all right, there's no point in really trying to make music or, like, trying <laughs> to make this. Like, this is pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, a lot of bands are out there kind of doing it. I love, like, guitar rock, but, like, I guess, like, bands like The Replacements, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, they're a band that always kind of, like, Mm-hmm. always like influence no matter no matter what I do yeah they're always gonna like be a part of like I think whatever I make yeah and I think that when it comes to influences like they're just certain, like while like while like how do I say like um there's always gonna be certain bands that will always influence my music there may be bands that come and go or like I want to write a song like this or that band that influence me moment like momentarily mm-hmm there's always like maybe like a couple bands out there that just like for me like showed me like this is what you should be doing like mm-hmm. like replacements the clash um like pavement you know spoon like bands like that that are able to just be like look like this is how you be consistently not good consistently great mm-hmm. this is how you are able to sound one way and then completely change your sound but still have that same attitude and like still have it be just as great as your other shit that's like, so true all the bands you just love off that's like, what they do right like that to me is like the most important thing and the thing that i like look like pretty much aspire to be in regards to just like making music it's about like i don't want to make the same shit every day i don't want to make the same shit like every every record you know and i feel like all those bands like didn't yeah. You know, in one shape or form. Um, and so there are bands that momentarily like influence me, but like there are some bands that just like always will kind of like show me what it's like to like, this is how, this is how you're supposed to do it. Like, I mean, needless to say, the, the Beatles are like the greatest band ever. So like, you know, <laughs> they're, the, they're the kings of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. I love that you have so many great kind of bands in your sphere and stuff when it comes to like influence and seeing how things you know, how, how to kind of like have your voice and have your style and still grow and change. Um, I'm kind of curious, walk me through your songwriting process. Tell me how things like your EP first Friday, how does that come together? Well, that EP was actually pretty like, that one was kind of like a little different than like how I usually write stuff, I guess. Oh, really? I guess like, well, I mean, in regards to, yeah, it was because like, I typically write full band music. Right? Okay. I usually write drums and like, you know, there's more guitars and type of stuff like that. But that EP, I like specifically was like, I'm going to do something weird. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, there's no like real full band in that mm-hmm. EP at all. And so like well, the way, the way that EP kind of came together was I wrote those songs. Like I wrote and actually recorded those songs like years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, 
thing is though, like, <clears throat> I just never really found the right space to like release it. I didn't really know like what the right way to put, like put out this album or that EP. And I was like, damn, like I'm sitting on this music. I don't really know what to do with it. So what I started doing, like I guess September of last year was I was like, screw it. Like I'm going to start like releasing a song like all these songs that I have, I'm gonna start releasing every first Friday of every month. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of those six months or whatever, it's gonna be an EP. Oh, I love I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna put it together. So that's why it's called First Friday because like, it, I like all those songs were coming out like, you know, once a month. And, but that EP was written kind of just be like a lo-fi, weird, not full band, kind of freaky kind of EP. But like, typically when I write music, the stuff, the, the process goes just like, you know, how like, just come up with a riff or like, you know, come up with like a melody in my head or, or like just, and there's so many different ways that like, things kind of come together. Mm -hmm. um, like I'll even like, you know, I have like a whiteboard in my room that like, I'll just kind of just like write lyrics on mm -hmm. and then like, as I'm writing a song, I can turn to that whiteboard and be like, oh, I can use that, this, for this part in this song and things like that. And like, I have like, so I'm always like kind of like any lines or lyrics that like I just pop up to, like pop up my mind. Like I either write it down somewhere on my phone or like in my room. Mm -hmm. And then like, when it comes to like the songwriting process, like I'm usually writing music on guitar, but I do have like, you know, keyboards and stuff like that too. Um, but that EP in particular was like written like, like mostly with guitar and stuff, but really in a way to kind of like, just like push, like do something different. Cause like, as I was telling you before, I don't ever really want to sound like things are the same every right. which way. And like, I know there's probably not that much of my music out and about like accessible just yet, but like, so I know most of the music I have out there is not actually even full band music, but typically what I write is actually full band music. Oh, I'm <laughs> excited like, to dig into that at some point. That's yeah, for sure. Just, just what, just what's out there right now is just like very yeah. kind of just like, it's kind of weird. Cause I mean, like, I guess I'm like painting the picture of like what this band sounds like, but once like, I feel like once people start hearing the full band music, it's not really gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like that, but also more. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Cause it's like, I feel like I got such a nice like glimpse into what's ahead here. Kind of just hearing what you're doing on your own with like, I love the opening with like little ghost. I feel like that feels like we're almost like sonically tracing a memory around, which to me was just beautiful. Um, and it was such like just a, um, a nice kind of dip into what you would kind of do a little bit more on the EP. Was that something you were going for? Yeah, so like those, like the first four songs were actually written together. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. Now, first, now I want to go back and stitch it together and listen to it right, all together, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like so with like, that in mind. <laughs> yeah, those first four songs are written as like a like they're written together. Like those first mm. four songs are are I think like they're supposed to kind of like they have like a vibe. The last two songs are actually one is a song that I had that like I've always loved like the answers we never had. Yeah. It's a song that I always loved that I had that I just wanted to kind of like put out there. I actually released it on my, like the first, very first Big Easy single, like when I first started this band to get music out of it, it was like the other song on that single. Mm -hmm. um, but like since like the band just started and like no one really heard it at all, 
I was like, screw that. Like, I want people to hear this song. Mm-hmm. So I took that down and then re-released it on that EP. And then the other song, uh, Something to Do, is actually a uh, demo or outtake for one of the songs on the uh, upcoming album. Mm-hmm. So um, the first four songs on that record, or that EP rather, is, are actually like were written together as like an EP. Mm-hmm. The other two songs, I was like, I think these could work too. Um, and I added them to it as well, just to kind of like, cause like I, I remember I was, I was dropping them once a week, I mean yeah. once a month. And so I wanted more songs to release. <laughs> I love <laughs> so it good. though. There's so much there in this EP though. Cause it's like, and I love hearing that the first four songs are stitched together because, you know, thinking a little bit on little ghost and then going into like cost of living. That was one, that was my other favorite one. Cause I just liked mm-hmm. this kind of like sonic and lyrical weight that you kind of had there about like carrying forward and stuff and it's like obviously there's a lot of shit going on in yeah (laughs) in the story that you're kind of telling that i'm a lyric person too i love i love fuzz and i love lyrics you know and Mm -hmm. if anything i was just like and then kind of like parsing those lyrics to what you were delivering vocally to what was going on sonically in that track was just it was just such a standout for me especially like with with those four songs knowing that they flow together and they build up to that i'm just like yeah 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 feeling what, it. <laughs> <laughs> like that was like the send off of like that i love that it was, yeah and like you i guess you can kind of view the other two as like bonus songs but like yeah that ep was actually like those first four songs i love it so much wow i can't yeah. stress enough to people like go listen to it because that shit is fantastic. that's awesome like that, that's great to hear like i'm i'm that's but yeah that's awesome because like i like had these songs i didn't really know what to do with them yeah and so i so so i released them like i've been getting like a lot of like positive feedback from it so like it's it's great to let people like you know actually fuck with it (laughs) hell yeah and like the new single that you actually dropped not too long ago here um it was first day of your life i love that um i felt like it was almost i think you leaned in at least from my perspective a bit more into like that punk building energy here in that track mm-hmm. and to me it's like you know, it has that darker fuzzy element to it but in a way to me it felt like this energy of being promising of like a future and what's next and stuff and like you know coming out of maybe that kind of like space um what were you kind of going for with that track um so yeah i wrote that song um I wrote that song in the batch of songs that we were writing for uh, this album that you know, we have coming out. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, like we wrote, like I wrote all these songs and stuff and I have that one. And the way I was kind of like, as I wrote that song, um, it's weird as it like me, like I just was like, I felt compelled to write a song about like, you know, the experience of like being black in America. Yeah. Right? growing up in America as a black person uh-huh. and like so I didn't really like I've never like personally speaking I don't really like like the way I viewed like you know myself as a musician or like that I never really wanted to be like a political person or like you know talk about like you know societal issues in my music or anything like that I kind of just like just wanted to write about what I want to write about. Like, I didn't want to be like a rage against a machine or anything like that. You know, I always, I never really like gravitate towards a band like that. Not that like, not that like, um, I'm like 
hating on the message at all. Like I'm all, I'm all for it, but it's not what I want to do with my music. Sure. But for some reason, like I felt super compelled to write a song about like what it meant to be, what what it's like, you know, growing up, you know, black in America. And so the way I viewed that one was just like, I kind of just want to just write something that was like very short. It was almost supposed to be like an interlude or like an or like an album intro. Yeah, yeah. And like it, believe it or not, it was actually about to be the first song on the album until like we you know did some did things differently sure. chose other stuff but um so it the song didn't make the album but i had it and um i wrote the again i wrote it because like i just felt like you know it should be talked about mm-hmm. and um i wanted to kind of convey what it meant to be that but without like without just going out and saying like, you know, oh, America sucks. Like I didn't sure. want to do any of that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do like a more subtle approach. So like the way I wrote that song is I wrote it as like a father writing like a letter to like, you know, his unborn child in a way. Yeah. So that was, was like beautiful. the idea, like it's pretty much like a, like a dad trying to explain like, hey, look, like welcome to life. This is what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. And I hate it for you, but I know you will probably figure it out. Right. That was the part that stood out to me was actually the whole like message of like, you'll figure it out. Because I think to me, it gives this momentary like hope of like, you know what, maybe it'll be better for you. Maybe it'll, maybe there will be change. Maybe things will get better because it's like, you know, there's no, there's no easy way to tell somebody, especially a child, like, shit's going to be fucked for you. You know, it's not going to be easy. You're going to struggle. But like, I feel like then in the positive way that a father would hopefully not all, not all dads, of course, but like, you know, you would hope your father would encourage you to be like, it could be better. It might be better. I hope for you. You know, that was what really stood out to me. It was like, um, it felt like a promise to that future child, you know? And I thought that was so special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That, that was that was the the idea behind it. Without like being too extremely uh, explicit, I think that like, um, you know, I think that uh, like in just in regards to like the time, you know, it, it is you know in regards to, like you know what's going on right now and the climate, yeah, yeah. like it. Like I w- like I wasn't planning on putting that song out then, you know. But like, it like everything was happening, and like I felt like, well, shit. Like I want to contribute. I want to do something, and like this is one of the ways I know how. And it's almost like I had that song, and it was like this song is made for this moment right here. Yeah. Wow. And so it kind of like felt like almost fate, really, to like put it out now. This is like, it's gotta come out right now. I love that. So I was like, all right, well, I, I just went and put it out. And <laughs> I think it, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of like, you know, um, positive energy from that song. And a lot, like it, it I, like it's weird because like, like I told you, I'm not really trying to be like a political or kind of like anything like that. But like, you know, even I myself was like, fuck it. Like I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta express this somehow. Yeah. And um, like, 
I couldn't think of a more like, you know, appropriate time than now to kind of like put it out there. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a song that I was trying to like, pretty much just trying to express like what it's like growing up without like being too like overt with like, you know, or specific about what it means. Because it could, it could, it could really, you know, anyone could like pick that song, you know, as far as like, you know, being a woman you know, um, you know, being gay or, or being trans or whatever, like, you know, I, I hope that anyone can listen to that song and find like some kind of like, you know, thing behind it. And what's like, what's really weird is because like, I don't, I never thought that like I can write, you know, powerful music. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? Buddy, you did. Honestly. Like, I never, I, I never was like, I'm just going to write this song and how I feel and like, you know, whatever. And, like, the fact that people come and tell me, like, how powerful it was for them was, like, what the fuck? Like, huh? You did it. It's really weird. But at the same time, like, I never thought I could or or would. But, um, yeah, it happened. And and I really appreciate it. I love the way it came out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that one... Ooh, I, that hit me good. <laughs> and I love it. I'm like super grateful for that song. Cause it's like, it's, it's political in the way that you're conveying. Absolutely. And I think I just needed that kind of, that kind of song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I it means a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I mean, that means a lot that people will actually even feel that way about it. Like I, like I said, never thought that yeah. that's, a, that's something that would you know, really strike that in people ever. So it's, it's incredible. You know, you have so much talent here with your music with what you accomplish here sonically with songs like, you know, first day of your life where it's like, that's just such an impactful track. I'm kind of curious from your perspective, what's something you really want listeners to get out of your music? Um, emotions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's really it. Like, to be honest, like, yeah. My, my thing about like writing music is specifically like about conveying an emotion. Mm-hmm. Like meanings are are important to me, but they're not necessarily like the forefront of what I'm trying to give to you. Um, and what what I mean by that is that like you know. Uh, like lyrics, like people want to hear the lyrics. They want to know what the song is about. Mm-hmm. And all these songs have, all these songs have meaning. You know, they all are about something. But like, what's more important for me is for you to feel the emotion mm-hmm. of the song rather than the actual meaning. Sure. So like that actually matters most to me. Mm-hmm. Like if it invokes this certain emotion that like, I'm trying to convey to you or not, as long as like you feel like, oh shit, like, you know, you know, that, that emotion that I got from it, like, you know, that's about like, cause like you got like, you, you can even probably even understand that like, you know, you may not know what the singer's talking about. You may not hear the lyrics, but you know the emotion a lot of times. It's a universal language. Yeah. Like the one, the ones that like, the ones that really get you, you know, the emotion. Mm-hmm. whether or not you know the meaning or not right and that's kind of like my that's what i've always tried to get uh-huh. or try to convey for people i try to convey an emotion and like like i said like meaning is very important to me too like 
you know, I always try to take a lot of time with my lyrics. And uh, I think that like, you know, that's something that I think that people once they actually can freaking hear my lyrics, once I stop hiding them behind freaking guitar amps and stuff, <laughs> I, I think they probably enjoy them. But um, it's for me, it's always really about uh, conveying a certain emotion uh, rather than uh, a certain like meaning or, or in a way, you know. Absolutely. Well, you're definitely doing that because I feel like your music has helped me emotionally get grounded and think about shit and hit certain beats that I need to in my mood and stuff. So you're you're get you're doing it, my friend. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I yeah. Love that. So um I know 2020 is kind of a weird year here and stuff, but uh, I'm kind of curious about what all you're working on. What's what's kind of ahead here for the Big Easy? Um, so we just finished uh, recording and like mixing and mastering our debut album. Yes. So which like I like we're super excited about that. Um, you know we worked our asses off on it. And, you know, you only really get one shot to kind of like give you, give a debut album. So we've really been focusing on that really. And that's, uh, that's essentially what I've been focused on. So that's like what we got going down the pipeline. Awesome. You know, we had some tours and stuff, shows planned for this year. That's, you know, that plan was over before it began. Yeah. (laughs) Heartbreaks for it, honestly. Yeah. But, um, so like what we're focusing right now is just making sure that everything is ready for this album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it hasn't been formally announced just yet, but um, hopefully we can expect it, you know, sometime later this year at worst, maybe at the latest, um, probably early next year. But I think it should be out this year. Awesome. And um, yeah, so that, that's our that's what we're that's what we're working on. And then hopefully by the time it's out, you know, we can actually be out of our houses and, you know, go on tour and stuff. Um, so we, well, we like to, we would like to do that behind the album, but that's our main focus right now, getting this album out and making sure that it has the proper release that it deserves because we just worked so freaking hard on it. I'm so, so excited, honestly. And (laughs) I hope either I can make it up to the Northeast to come watch you play or make your way down here once things are back to normal. Cause whoo, I know I'm going to have a blast at that kind of show. That's for sure. <laughs> Love to hear it. Yeah, hear it. definitely. Um, so always round out my episodes with this question: If you could play a show with any three artists or musicians or bands, you can bring them back from the dead, or they can be currently active. Who would you want to play a show with? Oh damn! Wow. Oh man. You get three. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. <laughs> I kind of want to like. I kind of want to attack it like different. Like so, like is it all one show or like? Yeah, it's like your this? dream gig, and you get to play with these acts. Oh man, okay, um, that's tough. Like, I really, really would like. I think it'd be so awesome if we have Aljon Cadwalader. Oh, like that would please. be. <laughs> You know how sick that show would be? Just because they were playing, like, the place would be fucking nuts. So, would be. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm thinking, like, I want to get my DIY punk band in there, so I want to play with yes. them. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then, like, I'll obviously want to, like, get, like, you know, like, you know, sh- real show vibes going. So, like, I guess, like, uh, I guess my other bands would fit really well with, like, uh, 
Oh, 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 I would love to play the replacements. Oh my yeah. God. Throw on a show. Um, <laughs> I remember like seeing them like videos and like audio of them playing Maxwell's in Hoboken, mm -hmm. um, which is like the smallest little venue ever. And I played there like, you know, a while ago. Mm -hmm. And like, I wish like that, I, they would have been an awesome band to play with. Yeah. Um, and then like, I guess another band to play with, uh, uh, this one's a tough one because I kind of want to pick like a more contemporary band that's like, you know, actually out playing and stuff. Um, a lot of the bands that like, I love, uh, I'm trying to think like, so I don't want to sound too much of like a, you know, suck up to these bands or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is where you put it out in the universe and it happens for you. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, I guess like, yeah, I mean, I'd put me on a show with Joyce Manor. Let's do it. Yeah, I was hoping that's what you were going to say. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to say Joyce Manor. Cause yeah, put it like, we live on that show. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Putting it in the universe. That's why I asked this question, because it's like, of course, we mourn the loss like Algernon. For oh, yeah. Like, maybe that someday. Would be I pray for that. But in the meantime, it's like Joyce Manor. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had guests come on the show, speak it into existence, and then six months to a year later and stuff, they're playing a gig. And I'm like, it works. <laughs> so, well, you know what? like, call them up, call their booking, <laughs> tell them to get us on that bill when they come here. And I promise it's going to be a great show. I promise it's going to be a slapper. <laughs> I will put out every vibe and signal I I've got. Unfortunately, um, I'm not connected to that band yet, but maybe someday. <laughs> but uh, oh, you probably I'm sure you'll be connected to very big bands down the road. Someday, someday. Well, what you're doing is amazing. I mean, I've known about like Angry Girl for a while now, so. Oh shit, that's awesome! Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I've I've, kn I've known about your stuff for a while, so you're actually doing something right. You're you're out there. You're <laughs> slowly, out there. I see. Slowly permeating. Slowly. I see. You. Know. I, We're getting you out I, there I, too. I what you were doing before you called me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're too kind. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh, you're setting me up. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's what I love to hear. Oh my gosh. Uh, Stefan, this has been so much fun. Um, for everybody listening, where can, they, where can they keep up with you on the internet? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we can go through all the, all the usual channels. We're on Instagram. <laughs> um, we're on Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. um, both are at the Big Easy Band. It should be pretty simple to find. We're also on Spotify. We just type in the Big Easy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we're too hard to find unless like, those real New Orleans bands are in our way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you just type us in any kind of social thing, we should pop up Facebook, Instagram, um, Spotify, Twitter, and try to get my Twitter game up. I literally just joined, and it's a whole new world. It's wild, so, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a whole new world. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up because I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, I'm like I'm like a Twitter baby though, but yeah, I mean, if you really want to help us out, get follow us on Twitter. Like, get, <laughs> get those numbers up, get the follows <laughs> up. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find this. So, oh, I love it. Everybody, please follow follow the Big Easy. This band is fantastic. Stefan is obviously amazing. So, thank you so well, much for coming you. on. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. It's been a pleasure.
so much to Stefan for joining and sharing everything that's going into his new album the way he's conveying everything through his music it's so important be sure to give the big easy a follow on social media so you can be the first to hear about the upcoming album that's it for this week but you can always keep up with angry girl music at the indie rock persuasion online find episodes links articles and more at angrygirlmusic.com Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at, at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zarowitz, and Orla Tinsey. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Stay angry and keep expressing yourself. Bye for now. I thought